how important is coffee to your performance? Like, how many cups of coffee do you have before playing I can't playing play. I can't play that fast without it. I'm not able to. Is there like a I'm minimum? Fucking, is there a minimum of cups you have to have before you play a show? Yeah. Yeah, I have to so have. So it's like a pot or two, or I have to have the equivalent of eight espresso. I mean, the, the, it could at be at least for a performance. It could be eight cups, you know. But if the cups are large, you know, so four large cups of coffee, or like eight, I have to have that. I mean, if I don't have that, I'm not gonna. It's, the songs are gonna be too slow. Fifty-two. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. All right, welcome everyone. <laughs> this is that. We're just patting ourselves on the back of what pros we are. Welcome everyone. This is That Record Got Me. Hi, I am Rob Elba, your host. It is wonderful, as always, to have you guys here with me. I am in my home and I have a guest in my home. Not just a guest of the show, but a friend of the show and a friend. Welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Bonebreak. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great having he brought his wife Vanessa, but she didn't really. Have, she decided she didn't want to talk about this band. She had nothing to say, so she's uh, <laughs> she's chatting with my wife, and uh, and this is great. Uh, Dan Bonebreak, you know him from aside from um, from being a guest on a previous guest on the show and having played in the in the in the one live incarnation of that record got me high with yes. me and Barry and Joey Maya. Uh, you know him from Dashboard Confessional, Bacon Andy's, Honest Liars, the. Lightworkers is the most recent thing, although you may have formed three other bands since the last time I talked. Yeah, I mean, if we were just going through the list of bands I played in, we yeah. would cover an hour just we like would. that. We yeah. would, and then some bands that we've that we've done on the show, and just yeah, Dan yeah. Dan keeps busy. <laughs> but you uh, you are a bass player by trade, but you're a yes. musician. You're a musician. You're 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 a real the real deal musician. Well, Kind of you to say. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, well I'm I appreciate I'm, that. I'm comparing you to me. Uh, so. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Compared to me, you yes. are. Um, all right, but what are, we, what are we talking about? What's the record you brought to talk about? We're talking about All Roy's Revenge by All. Yeah. Now, right off the bat, I want to ask you, you didn't, because I'm sure you're a Descendants fan as well. Yes. Of course you are. Yeah. But so what is it about All and about this record that you jumped over Descent? Because we haven't done a Descendants record on the really? show yet. No, no one's picked one. That's but you, no, you can't change it now. <laughs> hey, let's just go for it. Yeah, right? no, no, no. But, uh, but what is it about? Uh, because All, definitely they're, they're different. There are differences. They're, they're not yeah. the same, even though there's three of the same members. So go ahead. Give us the little brief history um, of All. Well, I will say that I did bring on one of the um, Patreon episodes, I brought a Descendants song. You did. That's right. Them. Cover um, one of the first cover, ones you did. Right uh, for uh, Wendy, Wendy when they exactly. covered Wendy. Wendy, 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 so. I I am one of the few, and probably some of the the uh, vacant Andes, the from the era before like Chris and John, like the, the high school, my high school kind of era, vacant Andes are probably more all fans than we were Descendants fans. We we grew up listening to Descendants, but when all hit, 
like um, it, it hit us harder oh, like, okay. for some reason. All right, and um, and I believe part of it is we were all band geeks. Yes. So we were band geeks, and we wanted. We were constantly practicing our instrument. I'm a, I'm a trumpet player first, and then a bass player, and, um, and some of the guys in the band. Uh, our guitar player, he'd been playing classically since he was four. Um, the guy that was singing, who would end up playing bass in the band, he was a trumpet player too. And then my brother was a drummer. So we all read music. We all were in. We're music geeks. We're right. band geeks. You were, and that's yeah. So you brought that up because that was the thing I was gonna ask you because listening to this now. You could tell there's, to me there's obviously there's there's all different kind of punks, but there's the the punks like the early punks are people that kind of got into punk and learned to play their instruments, learning punk and right. doing punk and, and making their own bands and, and just you know really raw. There's guys like you guys and like these guys that were already musicians and already probably listened to, to like Rush and other stuff, you know, so, prog, metal. You nailed it, Rush. But then they, yeah, but then they got into punk and said, oh my God, this is great. But they brought that musicality uh, yeah. to it. And yeah, that's, and that's this. Listening to this record, the first thing I'm, blo- I'm just blown away by these guys playing. Like the, these right. guys are unbelievable the, players. The caliber of musicianship is, is tops. Yeah. And Descendants was also. Not, right. You know, not yeah, taking yeah. away anything. And, right. I, and I can't, like, I'd, some, I'd be lynched if I left here, uh, you know, disparaging Descendants, right? Well, because first of all, basically, let's, all right, so explain to people who don't know the, how the Descendants became all. Like, who are the three players well, that went from Descendants to all? Right. So the last Descendants record is called All. And that um, after uh, after Ray uh, Cooper had left and after Doug Carrion had left, um, Carl Alvarez got a well, actually, Carl Alvarez's uh, roommate got a call to play bass from Bill and couldn't do it. And Carl jumped up and said, hey, I, I you know, I'll do it and right. stuff. And then uh, so Carl Alvarez uh, ended up being the bass player in Descendants. And then Stefan. Had, and Stefan and Carl grew up together. They've known each other since middle school okay. in Salt Lake City. And Stefan called Carl to congratulate him because they were Descendants fans. Right. And Carl was like, well, they're looking for a guitar player too. Right. And so he ended up, that's how he ended up doing that. So it's Bill, um, Bill Stevenson, Carl Alvarez, and Stefan Edgerton from Descendants with a different singer. Which, right, because Milo did what? Milo, their their album, Milo, Milo go, goes to college. <laughs> Milo went to college. He went to college. He left. He he had a career um, being a scientist. Right. And that's what uh, he went to go do. And, you know, he he always, you know, if, if you hear, like, there's a great there's a great movie about Descendants Hall called Filmage that, um, you know, Milo states, he's like, I always thought music was my hobby. You know, my career was going to be in science. Right, right. And they ended up, you know, in these later years since, since, you know, since all came out, you know, they've split that difference, you know, back and forth. But, right. um, and then, uh, you know, then they got, then they got Dave Smalley from Dag Nasty DYS to uh, be the singer, the first singer of all. Right. And he did a record and an EP and then he didn't want to tour 
They they toured nine and a half nine and a half months. I saw months. that these guys were like touring out of they, yeah. they practically they basically didn't even really live anywhere. They didn't have yep. homes. They just toured. Exactly. They lived in the they lived in the rehearsal space in this this rental like office that right, they you right. know in Lamita, and um, so when Bill was talking about they toured for nine and a half months, and Bill was talking about the next tour, and Dave just wasn't really into <laughs> right, it. Right, right. And uh, in filmage, Bill could, Bill is, you know, he says, he's like, I just turned to him, he goes, I, I go, you're not coming, are you? And he oh, left. Oh, right, right. But then they had a, so, but in that space, uh, Scott Reynolds had driven out from Buffalo to Lomita because he had seen, they, I don't know if, uh, well, you probably remember, but I used to, I don't, I don't know whether you got this or not, but I used to get the descendants like, um, letters it was descendants and all like um i think they called it all central and it was kind of like a newsletter oh okay and it, nice. would, and it would give like history <laughs> no, I, of what's I, going I on <laughs> and you know where you could buy their records right, and stuff right, like that right well in one of them uh, apparently tony lombardo the former bass player of descendants had put, written in there that he was looking for some members to play in a new band right and uh Scott Reynolds had just graduated high school and drove out to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I read, he just said, you know what? I'm going to go out to California and be a singer. Yeah. <laughs> so he did that. He, he worked with Tony on some stuff and some other bands, but they were all playing in the same, in the same uh, rehearsal space. Right, right. And right. basically Scott lived in his car in the parking lot right outside of <laughs> All Central. Right. And um, so when they were looking for a new singer, they had already heard him sing. They knew he, uh, they had already gotten along with him, you know, I mean, he was around all the time. Right. So they just asked him if he wanted to do it and, you know, he jumped on it. Yeah. And, and, and uh, great. So this is the album. So this is his first album. His with first them, album. With all this, is the one we're talking about. And they had, so I was, like I was saying, there's differences. It's like, it, it the songs are still really catchy and aggressive, but like I said, there's this, there's this uh, level of musicianship and just the way they all, the, the playing together, they're, they're so goddamn tight. Yes. And, and, and it's like written into the songs, the way the, the playing style and everything, the, the tightness, you know, you, you hear it all and it just, and, and also I was going to mention as I'll go, as we go through it, the, the bass playing by Carl Alvarez, I hear you though, Dan. But I hear you being influenced by him. And oh yeah. It's on, I say, oh Dan, Dan. I can yeah. picture Dan playing this stuff too. So well, definitely. When uh, when I was learning how to play bass in high school, I think I got my first bass when I was fourteen. And uh, my brother was a drummer, so I wanted to play bass. You know, so we could do things together. And um, you know, I uh, I had a teacher. I was taught how to play it, and you know, I didn't learn it on my own, right. except for some, you know trying to you know obviously play by ear learning songs like everybody does but um i liked i was into rush we were all into music bands right Right, we're we're in the bands that were like critically acclaimed for musicianship because we were band geeks exactly but we also like punk rock now i grew up in boca i didn't have i had a fairytale childhood i didn't have to rebel against anything like literally nothing right right right, right. it was awesome i liked i liked descendants because of the melody who's could do because of the intenseness and later on and i've said this before on our podcast you know like Warehouse is my favorite Who's Could Do record because I love the songs. Could you be the one they talk about? Well, hiding inside behind another door. Well, is it all the happiness you want? Just wanting a feeling better anymore. It doesn't mean that much to me sometimes. I don't mean that much to you. And I don't even know what I'm hiding for. And I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
we, uh, we got into the guys that I, I was playing with, my brother Daryl and um, the other guys, we got into this because we were we liked punk but we loved the musicianship and then when we heard all we were just like it's like everything it it's jumped everything. off the page at <laughs> yeah, us yeah, right yeah. it's everything all rolled right. into one beautiful package exactly. perfect for you guys and and you know the one thing uh, that i was thinking about because when you listen to this record it's so good but i feel like they they kind of arrived on the, they were a little too early for that a pop punk uh, a bubble yeah. that ended up being because then they ended up being a little too old when MTV you know was getting the similar bands like the Blink 182s and all those bands it's like this would fit it fits in with all that stuff and some of it I would say maybe a little superior to that stuff but it's just timing's everything you know it was just like a and, weird time for them and I would completely agree um, I, I think they influenced a lot of uh, a lot of those bands that came along oh you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah you know we're talking this record came out in September 89 so that's pre- pre-Nirvana Nevervind, right? Right, right, Which right. is obviously where all the money comes from. And then later on, you know, all was still around when the money was being thrown around, and they they ended up doing a record called Pummel uh, that was on uh, Interscope. And with the advance that they got for that, which was, you know, kind of a mid-major, I guess you would call it, right. um, they bought their studio, which is the Blasting Room. Oh, and nice. It's the best investment, they say, that they ever made, because right. now they can just record all the music they want. But that's what they paid for. Yeah. Um, so, and it didn't catch on, you know, and it had some single-type songs, like there's one on this record, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there, there are on a few of them, but... It just never broke through, and you're right. It's timing, right? You know, yeah, I, I think right. I have some other friends, you know, bands like I think one that missed on timing too. I don't know if you're familiar with Sensefield, uh, their record, their album Building. And I always feel like that record, if it had been three years later, would have been the biggest record yeah, ever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it, and it is. I think you're right. Well, there, it is timing. Down here, quit. We have our own band. Quit. Oh, that yeah. was like you know a lot of this stuff. I listen to and I go, oh god, that reminds me of like quit. Was you know quit. And, and, and I'm sure with they all. were. Right. Okay. And I'm sure they, they were. Info- oh, which by the way, Dan Clayton quit as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god. Um. But all right. So let's get into this record because there are a lot of songs on it. A lot of they're short, they're quick, but they're awesome. So starts out with a really cool instrumental. Uh, let's listen to new. Are we pronouncing it new theme? New theme. New theme. Let's do it. you get everything you love right you get that super precise like phrasing and uh, riffage and the uh, changing time signatures which are a little right. off and mm-hmm. you know and you know and you know you got if, if you're in a band if you're playing this you got to be on point oh, you yeah. can't be like you can't be like you know stoned or drunk and shit you got to be on your shit to no, play this, this stuff, is caffeinated right? yeah, this yeah, is yeah, caffeinated yeah, right, just exactly. like descendants this is the carryover even so you know uh, tony lombardo wrote it so, oh, okay. So, you know, the Descendants, you know, the, the original Descendants bass player, Tony, uh, can, you know, he contributed two songs. This is one of them. Right. And uh, 
so it has that it has that nod, obviously, to yeah. descendants, you right. know. Yeah. Which yeah. you know, between Tony and Carl, uh, I mean like those are just bass playing. Like you could just put me in a room with, you know, Tony, Carl, you know, if my rushmore is maybe finishes off with Getty Lee. And lately, that Bruce Brown from the attractions, and uh, oh right, um, yeah. So you know, it's like that. That it's kind of that mountain base more of for me, you know. <laughs> okay. um, but you really uh, are a music nerd. By oh the way. yeah, I'm totally. <laughs> um, but uh, they um, they had heard these songs because Tony rehearsed. Uh, it, they rehearsed in the same place. Oh okay, so, okay. So Tony had had these with some of his previous bands. Right. Uh, one uh, being Boxer Rebellion, not the not the London band, but Boxer Rebellion, um, and uh, from LA, and Stefan uh, told me the first time they pulled this off in rehearsal that they all just laughed their asses off oh, at the absurdity right. <laughs> of of the song and being able to actually finish it from yeah, start to finish. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, so you, so we should we should mention you're kind of buds with a lot of these guys, right? They they still I, I know they come down here and play sometimes, and you you do shows with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen all more times than I've seen any band um, as far as going to buy, like buying a ticket to go see a band. Oh, nice. um, you know, I've seen more bands, like obviously, like opening up for bands or touring with bands, but they're the band that I've bought a ticket to go see. I've probably right. seen them like 20 times. And yeah, um, they're just the nicest guys. I've gotten um, to be friendly with them, uh, you know, way back. I used to do interviews for zines with them. Or, you know, just they were approachable, you know, it was it was it's what's cool about underground music, right? You know, like if you see like I like Rush, but I saw Rush at the Sportatorium, but I couldn't see Getty, you know, no. I, I couldn't see Getty after the show. Right. But Although I, if, if you would have, he, he probably would have been really nice. He to you. probably would have been awesome. Not, but Neil, no, have, Neil, no, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't have got to Neil was gone already. <laughs> Neil, Neil was in the hotel already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure and uh, I'm sure they're wonderful people. They just weren't as accessible. No, as right. Of course. Yeah, you're right. And, and that's the the beauty of it. The beauty of the whole. But it, but it's yeah. cool that it, it actually is real. And it's true that, yeah. oh, yeah, these are you can hang out with these people. And they're yeah, cool people. And they're that's just great. they're just uh, so nice. And when. Um, when Chris Caraba had his motorcycle accident, I had reached out to everybody, like to maybe give a video to like kind of uplift him. And Stefan was one of them. Oh, nice. And, nice. and uh, uh, I was telling you prior to recording, my wife flew me to see the Descendants a few years ago in New York. And out of the blue, I got a call from Stefan because Chris, I think, had uh, hooked that up. Right. And he offered, he was like, well, I know, you know, I told him, I was like, I got tickets. And he just said, you know, he's like, well, you want to stay on side stage and gave us backstage passes and, you know, we got to hang out. And it yeah, was, that's it was awesome. just, he didn't have to do that, right? No, he didn't have not to do at all. Him, like, right? I'm, I'm nobody to him. Come on. <laughs> all right. So speaking of bass players, this band, they actually let the bass player write songs too. So this next one, he's phenomenal. <laughs> by Carl Alvarez. Let's listen to it. It's a great song. It's called Fool. Oh, 
I love that. That's so great. See, that's what I love. It's really it, this one's just like a really simple pop song, but they throw in little touches like that, like that little rogue chord. Yeah, <laughs> that's and so I, great. I love how he sings that out of tune when he says, "If I could only sing in tune," he yeah. sings it out of oh, tune it's, and it's says, great. "I it, suck." It, it's like clever and it's really it's great. fun and self-deprecating. Yeah, and uh, Carl is driving that song, and and Stefan and Carl having played in bands before, Descendants and stuff together, they just play so well off of each other, oh, yeah. and not necessarily together, right? Like, um, you know, the ultimate band that plays together is the Ramones, right? Like the bass and right. the guitar right. are just yeah, locked yeah. in, and yeah. we all love it, and that has right. its place. But and this when we, isn't that. <laughs> this isn't that, right? It has its moments, and you'll you'll hear certain times where they're playing. You know, it's like, but but they were trying to bring something different. Oh, you know, yeah. trying yeah. to bring some For of their sure. background yeah. a little bit different. Right. And, my friend Charlie, uh, who used to sing for the Vacant Andes, he he described this as he's like it's like they're trying to keep you off balance. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they're they're so precise, right. but it's almost keeping you off balance by the the phrasing. And uh, as they, you know, they don't drag a beat, they don't drop a, you know, a note or yeah, anything like, like I that. said, it's you got to just... be on top of everything. That's what, like yeah. you said when they were when they when they nailed mm. that that instrumental, they all laughed because it's like, oh my god, how, right. do, how do we even do that? Yeah. All right. So this, uh, Bill Stevens. Now, wouldn't you say? I would say this is almost like more Bill's band, the the drummer. It's Bill totally Stevenson, Bill's band. His band, right? Yeah. Everyone, I, I think everyone in the band will let you will tell you it's Bill's band. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, this is a. Blink if you miss it. 40, uh, 42 second rager. I'll just play like maybe yeah. 30 seconds of it. <laughs> Check one. Now, one thing, we, we haven't mentioned lyrics as to yet, but there, there's a, a lot of great lyrics on this. Really clever. I love this. Uh, let's not say we did, then lie about the old days. We were just as boring, but not as ugly. Yeah. Check one. But I love how they're singing about the old days. They're all still young. They're all yeah, still yeah. really young, but they're already singing about the old days. But right? they have been doing it for a while, right? Exactly. 10 years. I yeah, mean, Bill yeah. had been doing Descendants for 10 years and, and then uh, with, you know, three years of Black Flag in, in the middle. Yeah. And then... Uh, um, and this has just got that kind of, you know, that hardcore feeling mixed with jazz and progressive, <laughs> right. like, you know, like, and, it, and it's out there. And, and Bill's a super accomplished guitar player. Like when he writes oh, the really? songs, oh, okay. those are his guitar parts, too. Which wow. so was he's like so one of these surprised to any, find out. Could play anything, right? And yeah, and I he he, that. he got into a lot of that when he was in Black Flag, like. Um, you know, all these guys have like this weird, they have this um, connection to uh, uh, Mahavishnu Orchestra, John McLaughlin, like the fusion guitar player. Oh, right, and right. And now when, and Carl and Stefan had a separate, you know, um, kind of uh, link to that, just getting into it. And Bill had gotten into it because of uh, Greg Ginn from Florida. Black oh right, flag. it's right, one of right. his guys. Yep, yep. So you know, and Stefan was, you know, uh, Stefan was into that. He was into classical guitar playing and, and things like that um, right before he joined the Descendants. So there's a lot of that mix match. And then when Bill got these guys together, and they all have some of these influences, and they all like, they like Zappa, and they like, you know, Mahavishnu Orchestra. 
and they like the Ramones, and yep, you know, right, like, right. and yeah. they could they could do whatever. They could do it because they could yeah. literally play. They could anything. pull it off. They could yeah. play anything. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, so this next one, great. Uh, it's got a really cool melodic guitar info I- intro, and it and it's really heavy. Metal's one thing we didn't mention, but there's yep. metal in here too. This uh, is probably my favorite song. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's listen to Scary Sad. <laughs> Yeah. I, I just want you guys to know, me and Dan are listening to this really loud. It, 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 yeah. it, it's loud in your headphones. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. It's really loud. Yeah, we're listening to this really loud. You should loud. listen to it loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill wrote all all the guitar parts to that. Oh, wow. Stefan told me, he's like, he's like, I play it note for note for what he wrote. Oh, that's for amazing. It. And I'm like... I was like, yeah, how is that possible? It, like, because it still sounds like Stefan to me, right? You right. know, and stuff. But uh, um, and that bass part, like, to match with that, like, yeah, to match up with that, it's it's it, great. It, and uh, the tale of like this girl, like the girl trouble with like I don't yeah, know whether it's see, mental now, <laughs> illness or <laughs> well, self harm. Right. You well, know? Bill Stevenson, obviously, he he a lot of his songs, you can tell he's he has some he, he has some relationship issues. Let's say, mm-hmm. and he maybe was going through some relationship issues, and you can get that in a lot of his lyrics. Some of them a little, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. If I was a dad and he was dating like one of my daughters, I wouldn't be okay reading some of these lyrics. <laughs> so. I'm just gonna yeah. say that. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. So this girl, yeah, this is. I would say another thing. All maybe is a little less jokey, a little darker than uh, Descendants. In, I think this record. I think this has a a little bit of a darker tone, but it matches really well with um, Descendants. All like that last Descendants oh, okay, record okay. to me, like has a little bit more of the darker edge, like some, a little more black flag kind of, right. you know, influence rather than, you know, like, uh, you know, enjoy or a banana you splits know, or, you yeah. know, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and, um, I, I think there is a little bit more of a, of, of a darker edge and, and there's a lot of, you know, the similar things are right. They're still underdogs. It's like almost every one of these songs has that theme of being like, Oh yeah. Underdog, right. Right. You yeah. Know, kind right. of, uh, and especially this next one. Oh, well, this next one, this is the other one that was written by Tony. Uh, yeah. Tony Lombardo. I love this is one of my favorite songs in this record. I just I don't know. I just I, I oh, really yeah. you could see this right on. Like, I think he left after uh, I don't want to grow up. And uh, this could have been right. on right. The next yeah. album. Yeah, for, for sure, sure. For sure. And it's a great song. Let's listen to Man of Steel. Too many mistakes. Not enough 
Yeah, so I like how he says, I will overcome my fears and I'll be as strong as I appear. I will be a man of steel. I am really, really real. So it's cool. I like he's sort of implying that by overcoming your fears and kind of take, taking responsibility for your life, you can be like a superhero. Yeah. You know, yeah. And um, it definitely, you know, obviously Tony was still writing songs and, you know, he, he couldn't do the tours like Descendants were doing because he was he had a career as a as a postman. But um, so he couldn't leave. <laughs> that's, and, that's so awesome, by the way. <laughs> couldn't leave, you know. Yeah, it, it's kind of nerdy, right? Um, and uh, so, but, there, you know, he wanted to play in bands. So this is another one of those songs that um, that the guys from all. They had helped out Tony. Like uh, Stefan told me, he'd even played a live show, played that song with Tony's band before it was recorded. You oh, know, nice! On All nice. Rise Revenge. Right. So they had heard, they were familiar with this one and new theme. Um, so it, it fits. It fits perfect. I love that it's uh, it's that connection. You yeah, know, and yeah, stuff, right, right, um, yeah. To Descendants. Yeah. And uh, and it doesn't have. It's it's more direct, right? The bass and the and the guitar are a little bit more together. Yeah, like, right, exactly. You know, it's not the Ramones, but there's a little bit more together. Yeah, like I see what you're saying. Hey, everyone, Rob here. You know, bringing that record got me high to you every week is a labor of love for me, but it also takes a lot of work and money with web hosting fees, software subscriptions, and especially purchasing the music that we feature. Luckily, I'm able to continue producing this show every week thanks to our fabulous patrons. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rob, why don't you just start getting sponsors like other podcasts? Well, mainly because I don't think anyone really needs to hear more ads for CBD oil and men's grooming accessories and whatnot. So for now, I'm sticking with Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH or just go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for That Record Got Me High podcast. For as little as $2 a month, you too can become a patron of the show. You'll get a personal thank you from yours truly. You'll get our bi-monthly newsletter. You'll get to participate in all of our awesome patron-curated episodes. And most importantly, you'll become part of the That Record Got Me High family and help keep the show running. So do me a solid. Please consider becoming a patron today. All right, so this next one, I guess partially you had mentioned that office complex that they lived in. Yeah. That's this is kind of what this is about, right? Because they lived. It feels in that, like it, right? Yeah, yeah he I, lives in the, <laughs> you know this tiny little place. Yep, and it's called Box. <laughs> Bass, the bass oh, in the song is 
impression. But one thing we haven't really mentioned was Scott Reynolds. He's oh. like crooning on this one. He's yeah. like uh, crooning, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's got such a sense of melody, but his like, voice is edgy. He's got so much range. Yeah, yeah. And see, his that's delivery the thing. I, is a little croony. Like he can... Like I could see Scott could probably sing Broadway musical uh, I know. as much as he could scream out right. one of the hardest, you know, uh, you know, all songs or whatever, you know, yeah. of his other many bands. I actually I actually had a look because I was thinking, is, is he singing all these songs? Because I thought at some point, oh, maybe that's someone else singing it. But no, he's got kind of a Axl Rose. Remember how Axl Rose, especially on Appetite for Destruction? He had all these different uh, voices and personas. He kind of has that thing going for him. Yeah, um, it's yeah. He's he's got just got a different delivery, um, and he's able to he's just able to convey it. And even in this song, I mean, the song seems to have like you know very like quite a few different parts. And it, you know, and there's some, you know, where he's singing, then where he's just like narrating or, yeah, right, right, right. you know, um, it's, it's wonderful. He, he's able to switch between them all in that range. He's just got great range yeah, too, yeah, you know. He does, he does for sure. So this next one, um, this is uh, something I'm a fan of is when a song sounds like what it's about. And this one, uh, a copping Z, I feel like it kind of sounds like what it's what I think it's about anyway. But let's listen to a little bit of copping Z. So yeah, what you were saying before about the songs kind of making you like throwing you off balance and stuff. That's how I feel like with this song, like the music, the way it's going and like the different time signatures. Yeah. I feel like it's like throwing and that's kind of like what it's about. Right. Yeah. And it's Edgerton's like, you know, contribution, one of them. And uh, so he wasn't writing lyrics. So they were pre he would present the music. Oh, OK. And then one of the guys would just go, hey, I think I got something I think I can write some lyrics to that. That makes sense. So that's why so the that's lyrics, why sounds the like, lyrics yeah. sound like it. So you, that was a great point. Like when you said that, I was like, oh, that's probably how Carl was like, you know what? I think I got something for this. Right, you know, right. After, yeah, because that's after the, playing it. So. Yeah, the, the total feeling is someone that just doesn't want to face the day, wants to, you know. Right. Um, Nine to five for life. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Although one thing I want to point out, there's sometimes uh, like something like this, it feels like they're singing almost like from a teenager's point of view because they're, they're, they're they're around 25 at this point, so they shouldn't be yeah. yelling at their mom, at like, their mom. to wake up, you know, yeah. <laughs> to wake them up anymore, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the kids buying the records were probably... Exactly, yes, exactly. You know. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, like, when this came out, I was, uh, I was in the Army. Oh, shit, so oh, okay. I was, I was 18, so I actually, yeah, so I didn't get to hear this record until I got to go home for Christmas, 
um, in 89. And then the guys were all, they had been listening to it for months. So they were like, here it is. And then I took the cassette back and then I bought the CD. I bought my first CD player later on and I got that CD. And And then how many times have you, have you listened to this record? Oh my God. It's, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's one of those, you know, that as soon as it comes on and and it's one of those that like registers with a lot of different, a a lot of different people that I've come into contact, like a lot of different bands, like, you know, like the radio Baghdad guys, you know? um, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Chris and Les, like, you know, and Spike, and, you know, and probably Pete too, but like, they, I mean, they even recorded that. Uh, they had, one of their records was produced by Stefan and Bill. Oh, that's right, that's right. Neighbor of the Beast. And, uh, and, you know, there's been like Scott Shanebeck who plays in Dashboard now. He had toured, I had seen his old band, Alligator Gun, open up for all in Atlanta. So, like, I, it's just run around. Like, right. this record just, it's it's it doesn't just hit with like my close friends. It seems to be the one of the seminal all records. Like people go, oh yeah, that's the one you got to get if you get if you need to hear all. Pick up revenge first. Oh, you know? Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of like what I, when I was reading about and I was reading things. Yeah. That, I think that's pretty much the consensus. Uh, so this one is a cover, right? Originally it performed is. by Charlie Ryan and the Livingston Brothers. I have no idea, but this is a smoking hot cover, man. This is <laughs> so. I, this this is one of those things you and I you you had reached out to me because the record version doesn't have this song on it. Right. It doesn't have right, this, right. and then it doesn't have the last song um, that we're going to go through. But um, I was asking, I got to ask Stefan about it, and and I was like, well, was it a time limit thing? Because these songs are short. Like this record's only you know thirty something you know, minutes long, so it couldn't have been short, you know a time limit on the record. At the time, record companies were trying to sell CDs because that was a new medium. Okay. So to entice people to buy the CD, they would put the extra tracks on cassette and CD. Oh, okay. For so people that's to buy. Why, all right, all right. So that's why there's extra one and I I only I first owned this on cassette you CD. had the cassette CD, actually so this I don't, is the record you know I still this don't have this know. on vinyl right. like well, you know I did go back to buy it on vinyl why would you some stuff it's of its time like a lot right. of stuff just came out then when that's when you had it like you said you had yeah. the cassette you had the CD so this is what you know right all right let's listen to uh, oh, I, I love this song though it's great Lincoln The story of the hot rod race where the Fords and the Lincolns was setting the pace. Well, that story's true, cause I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up, and that Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders, uses them all, got overdrive, just won't stall. You got a four barrel carb and dual exhaust, four 11 gears, you can really get lost. Got safety tubes, but I ain't scared. Brakes good, tired, fair. Pulling out of San Pedro late one night with the moon and the stars shining bright. We is headed up Grapevine Hill, passing cars like they was standing still. <laughs> so good. It's so good that that uh, that these guys could just just play so could just lock into this awesome this groove and just play so you know this is like something like like that some bar band would like dream of being this good to be able oh to play right this, right right you know what yeah. I mean um <laughs> Stefan was telling me that he started playing guitar at nine and uh, at 11 he started playing at a mall down the street and he only knew like a handful of songs like maybe 12 songs right somewhere he said John Prine um uh Chuck Berry 
and this from Commander Cody and his uh, what is it? It's Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen. Oh, nice! Were famous for the song, <laughs> and it's just one of those kind of like they're like their their love for the absurdity, kind of like Frank Zappa type stuff. That this would be on the same record as all the rest of these collection of songs. Right, right, right. It, it's yeah. kind of odd, you know. It um, is, it is. Because they're not, obviously these guys aren't riding around in like hot rods. <laughs> no, no. And uh, <laughs> That's it, not their life at all. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me also of uh, Dead Kennedy's police truck. cowpunk than that but it reminds me of that you know what i'm glad you mentioned the dead kennedys because i forgot at one point i wanted to bring them up because i hear some similarities in that because that was always the thing with dead kennedys too like the east bay ray especially the way he played and his musicianship i always felt like they brought some a little extra to hardcore and everything and i and i see slight similarities that might not be uh apparent uh obvious uh but it's there you know yeah i i think um I think there's a few things that they can pull from that most bands don't, you know, or you don't think of, you know, I, the first band that came to mind when I heard this is Rush because that was yeah, where yeah, I yeah. went from, you know, in, in right. 89 when I heard it. But then uh, I also was um, going into uh, Squeeze. So Squeeze has this, like, they do a lot of different styles, yep. uh, you know, and they're really great musicians. And they also, um, even in the episode you've done of Squeeze, you talk it about Squeeze can talk about some of the most everyday things so descriptively yes, in their right, songs. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, coming up here when we get to like bubblegum, you know, it's just one of those things where it's it's just about an everyday thing yeah. that maybe you chew and stuff. But that's a song, really? That's what you're gonna make but, the song? Right. But it's yeah, so it descriptive it and it's such a good story yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> um, you know, they're I think a little bit of it, like the delivery, um, not particularly for Hot Red Lincoln, but there's some like there's some buzzcocks, you know, stuff yes. coming oh, up. Oh yeah, for sure. Like for sure. Uh, the next song. Well, this next one, I was gonna say, in in an alternate universe, this would have been a massive hit single. Yes, because it's catchy as fuck. Was this new? She's my ex. <laughs> Stevenson, yeah, uh, 
you told me once you told me that he was a great guitar player, you could hear because this song had to be written on guitar, and yep. you know, you know, so you could tell he wrote it. The lyrics, he's objectifying his ex a little, I think, because she, she's my my yeah. ex, nothing more, nothing less, really, Bill. You know, nothing <laughs> less because she's she's just your ex. But okay, <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's the single. You know, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's so catchy. It's the it's one. So it's the first one that the Vacant Andy's covered. You know, it oh, was really? just like, oh, you got to cover this. Song, oh, right? nice, you know, good. you got to hit this. <laughs> um, and um, they spent as much time on on "She's My Ex" as they did the whole rest of the record. Oh, really? Because okay. they they all felt the same way. They knew that the, they had the, they had a song. Yeah, and they thought they could make it work. And if you listen in uh, um, in filmage. Scott Reynolds talks about when he was recording it that he had done it. He had done the vocal over and over. I mean, they went like line by line and he, it, it was painful. Like they oh, put right. him through the ringer yeah. and it was all about, he, he, he's, I think his statement is uh, to the effect of, uh, I've never been in a band where phrasing was so fucking important. Yes, that's and, so true though. That's and, it right there. So they drilled him and he finally got it, right? They finally got it. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it, and he was like, oh, thank God. You know, you know, it's just most painful day. And they go, all right, now we're going to double it. Oh, right. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to double it. It was like, yeah. so um, that, it reminds me of a song like, so that's 89, right? It reminds me that it could have been, had it performed a little bit differently, it maybe could have been on uh, the replacements. Don't tell a soul. Oh, okay, and okay. It, and it, um, which everybody hated. Like in high school, I was a Mats fan, but all my Mats fan friends hated that you record. Know what? Have but you I noticed like people are coming around to that now? People yeah. come around to it. They yeah. do. They yeah. say, "Oh, you know what? That's actually got a lot of really great." Songs. Because they grow older and they're like, "Oh, songs. I yeah. like songs now instead exactly. of angst." You know. You're right. um, and then the song um, that kind of reminds me of is. Uh, Ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have by uh, the Buzzcocks? Oh right, right. Has okay. A little bit of a similar. To me, it, it referenced. You know, I'm like. Now, which, which also should have been a massive world. Right. Hit. <laughs> it was probably a bigger hit than obviously she's my ex. Yeah. But, you know, but still. Um, yeah, it's just one of those. Uh, it's one of those songs that um, I, I know that they were. You know, I know Bill conceived. He said he woke up and he just conceived it. You know, that was it. He had the whole thing. Wow, that's awesome. You know. All right, so here's the aforementioned song about that leans heavy into the bubblegum metaphor. Let's listen to bubblegum. One, the, just the crazy, precise riffage that they do in these songs almost gives me 
anxiety. Like I think, God, I, I could never play in a band like this because it's like you could, everything is played exactly how it's, it should be played. And if someone muffs it, they'd probably say, no, we got to do it again. And uh, yeah, it's like it a, gives you anxiety because it's a little jazzy. <laughs> oh, I get it. that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's but it. it's the dissonant guitar chords. I just love the dissonance yeah. in there. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. it's, it's to me, it's it's satisfying. Uh, but the space in the verses where they let the vocals come through when they stop. And, oh, right, right, right. Well, seems to feel that, you know, like they let him sing through there. Like there's great space. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. It's not all just filled up. And um and I and I love that for this song and I just love the is that a metaphor or a simile if he says like but whatever uh, whichever metaphor. one of those it is um, I think but I think it's uh but I, I I always love that from in the, from the instant I heard the song I was like oh that's a really great comparison yeah yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> warm and sweet soft and pink yeah okay. <laughs> just like bubblegum. All right, so this one, Scott Reynolds brought this song in from his previous band. So I guess when he first went to California was a three-car a pileup, pile the band? Yeah. Okay, so this was his song, and it, it's cool. It's kind of like about hiding the real you behind a facade of coolness, you know, uh, which I like. I could definitely relate to this one. So let's listen to a little bit of Mary. appreciating about this whole record is that it's not samey samey like they're yeah. they're the kind of band like they could do if they just did one thing i could there are some bands that they just do that like right. one song that the whole record would be like that and this is not that at all and this is like a totally different feel different vibe and it's great that they have so many different uh things going on on the one record uh, they um they have a they have not maybe not a mantra, but they have an agreement between. Everybody. They'll try anything that whoever brings it. Like, oh, okay. So everybody, right. you know, uh, on this record, obviously, all four of them write, you right. know, and stuff. So they'll, if you bring in something, they'll try it. Yeah. And they'll try it different ways until either it hits or someone goes, it, "It's terrible. We're not. We're never right, doing right. it again." And it's one of the things that I think they pride themselves on that they'll try whatever. Yeah, they're not going to say, oh, no, that's not an all song. That's not going to fit all. Yeah, like, you know, like if you listen to XTC, like you never know what you're going to get on those records, right? right, You know, like, and, um, you know, the same thing with Squeeze. Like you can listen to Squeeze, you know, you know, you're going to get some sharp intellectual lyrics. You're going to get unbelievable musicianship. You just don't know what style it's going to come off. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I, I I don't think all is far uh, from that with this. And um, I know that this song was 
was Scott wrote this song and it's a it was like just a four note progression and Stefan when they were getting ready to go into the studio they, they rehearsed it but Stefan had never gotten anything for guitar which was very anti all like they had rehearsed everything oh so all they had was a do 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 right. do do just right. that right, right and um so the night before the um the recording they were recording he was supposed to record the guitars for this right he finally he finally he'd spent like three days and finally had finished it but scott wasn't in the room scott wasn't there so oh, okay he hadn't heard it oh and it so was scott's Stephen, song Stephen oh, so brought Stephen did all those down, down, yeah. down, down. so he oh, okay. brought that he went crazy right you know yeah and he brought a cassette home that night and gave it to scott and blew scott's mind and then they recorded it the next day they oh, recorded nice. the guitar and then they played a show at UCLA and played that song that night. Yeah. That see, version of the great. song. That's it's great. It's just like, I'm like, man, it's just, uh, it's great. I think it's one of the classics on there. Uh, I think there is a three car pile up somewhere on the uh, version of the song on the internet. Oh, okay. But there's also uh, The Pavers, one of Scott Reynolds' uh, band's post-all. Oh, okay. It's a, I don't know whether it's a hidden track on uh, an album called, an album or EP called Wrecking Ball. But he does marry him. They do it a different way. Oh, nice. uh, it's a little, little more, little simpler guitar, but um, it's cool just to hear it done like both ways. Yeah, right. You know, and and I think I've played some shows with um, Scott and Chad, the later singer of all, with acoustically like opening up for them when they do their acoustic stuff, and, uh, and every once in a while we'll do we'll do marry. Now oh, nice. it's not the he does the four note version. Right, 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 right. Yeah, of course, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's brilliant still. All right, so this next one, the gears slow down, and this is their metal influences on this one. This one is metal. I can almost hear this like a Metallica, like right? a Black Album uh, yeah. era Metallica. All right, let's listen to a little bit of Nets. be happy no me and dan we're both banging our we heads we're totally to banging our heads <laughs> like Holy you crap. should do at a metal song like this 
One my favorite line on in the song is uh, the truth is I feel better being miserable without you than happy with someone else. Yeah, there's just like so much conflict in the song, and the Bill's song got, is so tense. Uh, Bill has issues. Wonder, yeah, yeah. You know, is, is he like married now? Is he? Uh, oh yeah, he's married. Deal? He's got a couple kids. Oh you good. Know, and stuff. Okay, so he he's been through he a finally lot, worked but, it all out. He worked it out. But uh, here's another one like uh, that Edgerton wrote. You know, and you had to feel the tension in this. And Bill yeah. was like, oh, I got something for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, did. where he, the he lyrics really match up, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it, good. Yeah, that, that's actually, um, yeah, that's interesting how it works out. Because this is another one that's that definitely sounds like the way uh, the words are. And I guess that's why. Well, you've done that kind of before, right? With, um, uh, you know, playing in uh, Russell's band. Right? Hasn't he sent you music yes. and then you right, right. lyrically you do you feel the, of the song? Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, for sure. And then usually he'll go, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. just what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah be- so music that's music does that, though, right? It sort of it sort of paints a picture in your head already. Yeah. So then you just got to try and figure out, you know, in words what right. it's saying. Piece it, piece it together. There you go. Uh, so this is another three-car pileup song from Reynolds, right? This next one. And I would say, you know, Traffic is like, this is punk existentialism, I think. <laughs> yeah. Let's say that. No Traffic. <laughs> What a feeling to listen to your blood the way it feels as it congeals like someone sucked you dry and pumped you full of rocks and mud. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, that's good. That's a good lyrics. It's like um, there's something about it about like staying content while you're like having a rough go in your life, you know, right, and stuff. right, right, right. And uh, I don't know where, you know, no traffic. I don't know whether it's, you know, things coming in and out of your head or it's L.A. traffic. I it's was going to say both. it's probably a mix of like California. Right. Thing. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, you're talking about a Buffalo guy who moved out of California. That's yeah. you know, experiencing California. Right. At, right. At its, you know, and and didn't have a, you know, a pot to piss in. So, yep, you know, yep. And yeah, yeah, that's that's something I always notice because me being uh, I'm from New York, I'm an East Coast guy. So the California bands always seem like they came from a different they had a different uh, sense of, uh, you know, a perspective and a different point right. of view, uh, like a West Coast thing. So it always seemed very exotic to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. You know, I, I think, you know, I think there's a lot out there, like as far as like punk rock goes, you know, like LA bands like X and stuff like that like they were they were poetic right you yes, know they were just right, singing right. Exactly. Poets, their poetry exactly and right. stuff so there's yeah. a little bit of a di- like I 
at first I had a hard time connecting with that. Right, right, right. Because it wasn't deliberate. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know? Exactly, yeah. And I wasn't yeah. smart Hippie, enough. they had a little bit more... Yeah, which I wasn't smart enough to, to grasp it, you know? But, like, the <laughs> Ramones could tell you, you know, the Sex Pistols could tell you one thing. And you exactly. Could, you just, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm at that reading level. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. That's good. That's a very good point. All right, so we get to the final song on the record, Carnage. Now, I got to ask you this. Yeah. All right, Carnage, They had, their live thing was called Liveage. They had a song called uh, Bikeage. Descendants. Bikeage, My Age. Yeah. What is, it th- what is their obsession with just putting edge? I think that's just that one of those L.A. speech things, right? right? It's like yeah, a it valley is. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's what uh, I think so. <laughs> I, I feel, and um, it, it's just one of those... I don't know. I, I find it humorous. Um, you know, I find I find a lot of humor like this is a little darker, but I, I do find some humor, you know, in all as much as I do in Descendants. A dark you know? humor, like, but yeah. like a, a right. darker humor. Yeah. yeah. More of There's a black humor. Uh, like even the comedy. first song, like new theme, like it's like they named, you know, it, it could have they could have just named it N.E.W. But exactly. G.N.U. Like exactly. Gary Gnu. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, Gary yeah. Gnu. With, you know, right. It's no, <laughs> no Gnu's is good Gnu's with Gary Gnu. OK, so uh, now are you a f- familiar with the band, the Ataris? Because the Ataris did a cover of this and it's like an, <laughs> he's nodding his head. He's sheepishly nodding his head. I am familiar with the Ataris. No, it's very I mean, it basically sounds like they were dashboard co- uh, confessional fans that were also, oh, this let's cover this all uh, this all song. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, anybody that's out there playing live music or does it, makes a living doing it, I'm all for it. I've, I've opened up shows diplomat. with the Ataris. What a um, diplomat. <laughs> I, I've played shows with the Ataris. Right. Um, and uh, like they did a, an acoustic tour that when I was touring with John Ralston, we, we opened up a few dates for them. And uh, I never heard them do the cover of this, um, but they always tried to do uh, Left of the Dial by The Replacements. Oh, no, really? And, um, and uh, Boys of Summer, they had, that was a big hit for them, uh, right? It was a huge hit, right? When they, dis- the only lyric they changed is Black Flag from Deadhead Black Sticker Black to Black Flag Sticker. Um, but uh, I have not heard their version of this, but only because I don't really have their records or oh, anything no, like that. No, I, so I actually, don't. I did the, the work and went on uh, and heard it YouTube. And like I said, it sounds like like acoustic, like a strummy acoustic version. Of it. right. It's not bad. Some bands. This is going to be really mean. If anyone from any towers is listening, or a fan of yeah, I don't mean to be mean. I'm sorry. I no, really I am right now. I'm going to be mean. Oh, okay. no, I'm going to say something mean. Some bands. I feel like some bands do cover songs because they, they just like a song and they want to cover it and it's cool. But some bands, I feel like do covers because it's the only good songs they'll get to do. Cover <laughs> the song. So I don't know if that's true about them. Uh, throwing some shade to the Atari's. Let's listen to the original Carnage.
Phil Stevenson had to end the record with one more relationship song. Yeah. <laughs> a little twisted relationship song. For sure. Uh, Stefan's saying that uh, this is one of the most satisfying ones to pull off live. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like they're just, he's just like, man, I love playing that one. And it, like every, th- all those guitar parts are written by Bill. Like, oh, it's okay. Just... Okay. And, and yeah, this, this song, it just moves and it's uh, propelled. I, I see, I guess he says that because I feel like a lot of these songs, if you like lose a step or miss it, then then you're screwed. You're fucked. You yeah, know? yeah. You gotta yeah. you gotta be so on top of you it. You gotta all. be on it. I mean, they're they're such great musicians. Um, uh, I get, uh, one of the jokes in all is uh, between them all. They said, you know, uh, when in doubt, complicated. Right. So you know, um, and um, they're such great musicians. I mean, like Bill's just punk rock royalty, right? You know, Descendants, Black Flag, yeah, yeah, and yeah, with yeah. all and that drumming of you know his own style, and then you get Stefan. With that angular, twisted guitar, um, yeah, like the atonal kind of you know stuff, and and like not playing just chords, like not just right. you know just oh well you know these are the chords. No, it's like figuring out all these different parts uh, to the songs that add so much and elevates it all. And then he knows he's got the bass doing you know something else, yeah. so he could sort of work around that. And yeah, there's like well, so much thought going on. There. I think he knows you know like obviously he knows Carl's playing so well, and by by now I mean he's you know locked in with bill too but that classical guitar playing where the technique of playing the note and making sure the note is clear and the clarity of it he's pulled that into into oh, right, punk right, rock yeah. from doing that you know right, right. and then you got carl who's just like writing these amazing songs and these bass parts just locking it in and of course we talked about scott like he's just got range and delivery and it's just yeah, yeah. it just all comes together so so well it's so diverse uh, Bill says in a uh, filmage, he was like, um, uh, something to the effect of, you know, do we want, uh, the records come out as they come out. And he's like, do we just want to make Milo goes to college 19.0? Oh, right. He's right. Like, we Which don't want to. They could have. Right. He's like, we don't right. want to. Yeah. You but uh, it's also, it's the sound of a band. You could tell by uh, that, that toured a lot, that played out because, oh, yeah. you know, you can't, you could rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. You get tight by touring, live. by going, playing live, yep. going on the road. And that's, and so this is a band that played all these shows and then go in the studio and then it's just like, it's like all there. You right. Know? Yeah. It's a band geek stream, man. I'm not going to lie. You know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, my brother, um, my brother and I, when we heard this and stuff, like it just kind of said, Hey, we could do, we can play whatever, right? Yeah. We can, we right, can, right. we can try all different styles and, and still put it on a record. And, um, which is punk, which is really what right. punk should be. Right. You know? He said it's yeah. more than, uh, punk's more than just the, the, the plane or the sound. It's the attitude. And of it's, course. you know, it's of not course. just a style, it's, it's the attitude. And, right. uh, yeah. When we were, you know, band geeks, uh, when I was in the army, Daryl was in a band, uh, was in the marching band and stuff, and they had a band banquet. And Brian Norton, who was the bass player in Vacant Andes while I was away, and Daryl did a lip sync to Hot Rod Lincoln. Oh, <laughs> Daryl. At the band banquet, you know, and stuff like that. Like, that's how much we loved it. You know, we loved just all aspects of it. Oh, that's uh, awesome. It definitely grew our musicality, I should say, or our experimentation with things. That's great. Well, this was great, Dan. It was great having you here. Dan brought me some uh, fancy, uh, delicious beer. Let's uh, plug the brewery. What, what uh, is Prosperity this Brewing. Yeah, Prosperity in uh, Boca. So yeah, we awesome. we drink a we drink a rye German. We're drinking a German lager right now. And there's a Kolsch in the fridge. Yeah, that we're gonna we have an after night with an after that. episode Kolsch. So do we have anything, Dan? Are we plugging anything these days? Anything you want to plug? You want to send people somewhere? Uh, Let's delight. Think. 
the Lightworkers record will be out in summer. So, really? Yeah. So nice. we're releasing that. Um, we were hoping to do it earlier, but um, Chris's day job as a dashboard confessional right. got in our way for that. Yeah. So um, yeah. So to not to not conflict <laughs> with his release, which is uh, this month. And tour, um, we're gonna release ours in summer. And okay, be doing, good. And That's be doing smart. things. So yeah, because the rest of us have actual day jobs. Yeah. You know. So, um, so we're very excited about that. We're working on an EP to release like moments after the record comes out. Oh, already. Nice. Look at you guys. And uh, yeah, so we're talking to people, doing you know, um, doing hopefully doing some PR and marketing and stuff for that. Um, That's fun. I think there's a there's a liars uh, show, honest liars show coming up in really? April, okay. also uh, at the for the New River Brewery, brewery uh, anniversary. So oh, I think nice. we'll be playing that. That'd be cool because I haven't played with those guys in a while. I know, and it's always great. And, it's, always, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, and, and, and they serve beer, so you'll come out. There you go. I will come out. Yes. Um, well, so once again, it was great having you. Don't forget, guys, you can go on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high. It was a lot of fun. On Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. I know, Dan, you already sent in your uh, patron I was going to ask you. Yeah, Did you I, get it? Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, and, nice. uh, it's great. Yeah, we're going to do it. I love the Patreon. I'm so upset because I, I nailed every one since I became a patron. I nailed oh, everyone. You, you were out of the country. But I was in Costa Rica, and I didn't have signal, and I, I thought I sent to it to you. And I listened to that episode. And I was, I was like, man, he didn't put me in there. And I had to go back, and it was like not delivered, and I was so bummed uh, because. What I do, you like that? Dan. No, no, what you I wouldn't. Do you like that? You no. wouldn't. That's I why wouldn't. I went and go but check. But I got you on this one. This one's gonna be great. I got so many. Like normally, I like at the end, I'll extend it or stuff. But no, I got pl- I got so many yeah. for this one. This one's gonna. So be So I'm plugging this. All right. So listen, if you like music and you like to, you know, pontificate about it. You should be, become a patron of this of this podcast because getting to join in on those episodes is so much fun, and it only takes two minutes. You listen. You usually just suggest one song. We do them. They're fun. They're they're. Rob loves them because he doesn't have to sit here and talk to somebody for an hour. Right. He just gets to assemble them. And they're really fun to listen they're to. They're right? really fun to listen to because they're so eclectic. Yeah. So eclectic. And everyone that participates, really, they know what the hell they're talking about. And it's really fun to find new music that, you know, maybe fell through the cracks. But you should definitely join because it's been a blast. Oh, thank you, Dan. All right. Well, so Dan said everything. I don't need to say anything else. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. We are out of here. Thank you. I did it.